Hey coaches, welcome to another episode of Becoming Unscoutable, uh, where we share our journey in trying to reach our potential and helping our teams and and, and uh, sharing that with anybody that, that wants to listen. But, um, you know, today I want to talk about something that's that's been on my mind, kind of been my focus for a while now, and it, it's a dilemma. It's a dilemma in the game that, that all coordinators face, and so we're going to call it the, the coordinator's dilemma on uh, what really their job is and what they're trying to do when it comes to schemes. Um, there's obviously a, a lot more important things in the game if you're in, ta- in terms of winning, um, or at least some things that, that kind of come first before your schemes. But um, I want to talk about that today and where my mind is right now. Uh, so started started this journey of trying to become a better coach 20 years ago, just, just getting into the game, understanding it, um, when I was still playing, knew that I wanted to be a coach and, 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 and like everyone's just started studying the game. However, I could from, from my coaches that were around me to, to whatever resources I could find. Um, and, but, but progressively over the last several years, it's become this just desire for whatever reason to understand the game at a more fundamental level, you know, versus just learning somebody's schemes from somebody else. I wanted to know for sure, um, Kind of the fundamental aspects. How do you build from the ground up? And so it's really been this process of uh, withering down to, to the core elements that matter. And so this is my interpretation. It, it could be right, wrong, whatever, but this is just how I see it now. And so um, really, the, the the this all comes down to the essence of the game, this dilemma, the fundamental aspect of schemes, strategy, at least. And, and, you know, when I first started studying, like, like everybody else, you know, I, I probably first just really just studied, started studying schemes, like older schemes or the schemes that I could get my hands on, whether it was a, a, um, uh, it, well, anything offense, defense, best thing doesn't matter. Just, just trying to study the game. And, and so I started, started by studying schemes, whether it was at a clinic, uh, a book, uh, videos, uh, start with VHS and then DVD and, and now online stuff. But, but that's kind of where it was. And, and, and so when I started getting into it is when the game really started to change to simplification. Coaches started to try to simplify things so that they could, some, it was coming playing more fast or faster, right? They wanted to, to increase the tempo of the game. So they needed to simplify things. At least that's, that's the approach. Um, and then I started studying over the last few years, I uh, started studying things outside the game of football. So again, I don't know why some influence uh, basically got me interested in things outside of the game and wanting to bring those into the game. And um, I read a quote eventually that said, um, if we're all looking in the same place, we're all going to have the same answers. And, and I don't know if that necessarily was the reason I started looking in other places, but that, that has a, definitely weighed on me since I read that in trying to look for answers in other places. And if you've listened to me or, or followed anything that I've shared online over the last several years, you know that John Boyd has been a big influence on me. He was a, a, a pilot um, who became a military strategist who essentially, uh, towards the end of his life, just became... Um, infatuated with conflict in general and strategy, not so much military, but just the essence of strategy. And so that's been really helpful for me because I've been trying to understand the essence of the game and the, and his his journey and his outlook on, on strategy has helped me. And so uh, ultimately that's what I was after is the essence of strategy and, 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 and game theory and, and how do you how do you become successful? Um, and you know, part of the game is executing and, and, and strategy and schemes. So that was 
um, you know, where, where I've been uh, a big part of my journey in, in studying. So really the essence of conflict for Boyd, uh, the things that really mattered for him were, were really uh, more or less three, three main areas. Um, it started for him with what he called a vision so noble. And I have talked about that and we'll talk about that a lot more because I do believe that is the most important thing in this. And what he means by a vision so noble is kind of like your purpose, your why, your motivation, that if all things are equal, then then the two sides in conflict that are more motivated, that believe in their purpose, um, and you can see this in a lot of military battles, but who believe in their purpose more have the upper hand if all things are equal, right? And, and usually they're not all equal, but um, you have to get that right. That's that's If you don't get that right, all this other stuff you're trying to do, scheme, strategy, everything else, it doesn't really matter. But uh, So starting with that, that that vision, and and we will talk about that more, but today it's more about this last thing. So but, but next, after that vision, it comes down to kind of your talent or your resources. So what are you working with? All right, so, so Boyd knew that like, let's say in a, in a, a battle where planes were involved uh, with a fighter pilot, he knew that the, the pilot that was more motivated, first off, all right, would have the upper hand. And then it would come down to his, uh, his plane. So the technology of his plane um, would, would obviously give him an upper hand. And then the last part of this, so the third part, if you had the vision so noble, you had the, the talent and resources. Then the third thing was decision-making. So, you know, if this pilot had a really advanced plane, but it couldn't help it make a decision, you know, because it's not artificial intelligence, it's 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 a human intelligent deciding what this machine should do, it ultimately came down to his decisions that made that machine do something. So the game of football, very similar, still comes down to that vision so noble, that purpose. It comes down to your physical abilities, in your body but then it comes down to decisions so like a player making decisions is as is how are they going to react and how are they going to act in the game of football for a coach who is trying to coordinate 11 people one play at a time it, it comes down to the deciding how what do i want my people to do like when it comes to practices and games and play calling what ultimately do I want my people to do? And that's kind of been the hard thing for me to really understand is like, I understand the games about space. I understand that it's about um, 11 people individually executing some kind uh, of uh, technique that must be meshed together. But still yet when you're building things, what ultimately creates the most space that leads to the most points or restricts the most uh, space when you're on defense. So that's kind of been the essence of the game. And, and, and but I've still tried to, to, to really identify some kind of principle that would help me um, focus my attention on trying to create the best game plans, the best scripts, deciding how our people should, you know, invest their energy from that vision that's so noble. So this is the dilemma for me, at least. Okay. And this goes back to Boyd. And, and, and this is a lot of his thoughts when it comes down to decisions, when you have to actually do something and you're deciding what to do, it really comes down to two sides. And here's the dilemma for a coordinator or any strategist in general. It comes down to execution and anticipation, right? So if you're on offense and you're de deciding what plays to run, a lot of coaches have gone to this simplification of Everything is about execution. I want to make sure that I can execute this, this, this play that I run. And so I'm going to simplify things so that we can execute this. And we're just going to speed it up uh, to, to help uh, with, the, with less anticipation. So that's, you know, whatever you do, you're going to have some kind of degree to where you can execute this and the opponent is anticipating what you're about to do. The more you can execute something 
And the less the opponent's going to anticipate it coming, the better that decision was. So that's honestly the dilemma that you're that that I think that I'm at at least when I'm trying to decide what our people are going to do is is what can our people physically execute that they can do, but the opponent doesn't know it's coming. This is offense, defense, special teams doesn't matter. That's that's kind of the the the, the strat- strategic part of the game, and and that's how I'm now defining it. And everything that I think about when it's like, okay, well, we got to build, you know, our playbook for this year. We got to decide our plays for this week, uh, building our script. What can we execute? What are they going to anticipate? How do we create the biggest gap between those two? That is ultimately the focus, strategically at least, again, the focus of our program, what we're what we're trying to do. And so Ruski, um, you know, if you've paid attention over the last year, Ruski's kind of become just that 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 area. We've kind of said like this online hub uh, for creative football minds that are trying to create the biggest gap they can to put their teams in the best position to be successful, at least on the game or on the playing field right now. There's, there's bigger things in life. There's a bigger purpose to this game, but winning brings attention. It gives you more credibility. It allows you to invest in your people. That's why winning matters. And so therefore, and you know, you're, you're getting your people to, to invest energy into this game and you want to, you don't want to waste that. Right. So so what's the biggest gap between execution and anticipation that you can't high execution for you, low anticipation for the for the opponent? That's what we're after. That's how I'm trying to think about everything, really. Um, and, and really, this pursuit um, over the last 20 years and, and really, you know, again, it's gotten more in depth and, and more determined as those years have come on, gone on um, that that's now this. It's really changed my life. Um, this focus and that, that can kind of sound sound silly when you're talking about s- schemes and strategy, but it, but it, this desire to help our people so much has led me down so many paths in, in learning and in education that have taken me so much further than school ever taught me or uh, college or anything. Really, uh, this this pursuit of becoming the best coach that I can be has made me a better person, and so I know that that the alchemy of that can help other coaches and other players and that's why i just want to share the passion for trying to become the best version of yourself and just share anything that i've learned over the last several years of of trying to figure this out so i want to share it with with coaches that's what this becoming unscattable this journey is about that's what ruski is about it's trying to create a community of coaches that are on this journey but um but how do we tackle this dilemma you know the dilemma of of execution versus anticipation where do we do that? Uh, again, a lot of a lot of what's going on in this game is that simplifying of the game that we're trying to. We've kind of looked down on complicated things, and so we we're going really simple, and the opponent might increase their anticipation on what we're doing. And then there are still some coaches that go the extreme to where it's just all about running whatever you can run, so they don't know what's coming, but then you can't execute anything. So that's where this dilemma comes from. And how do you know what to spend your time doing so that they don't know it? And you can execute. All right. So I think I've nailed that point that that's what we're trying to do. But um, I do believe overall that we are selling our players short today for the most part. Not everybody, but we, we and I've done this for a long time, trying to simplify, you know, go a little faster with tempo. Um, but I've seen that played out, too, at a lot of schools, especially in high school, where you're an up tempo team, but really you're going no huddle and just showing your opponent your your formation. And that that's not really good either. Um, so. uh so, so I just think that we can build higher expectations for our players. We can do more. 
we can make things more complicated. All right. But ultimately, again, I believe the biggest issue with this is not our players. It's not what they can do, what they can execute. I think it's our communication system. It's how we call plays. And it's really just developed over decades into what it is today. And then there's a few different ones. But I just believe that we're ultimately, again, creating an artificial bottleneck because we require, this is, the, this is the main point here, we require too much memorization for our players to go execute something. And so one of the worst things for this, in my mind, again, for me, I could be wrong, is like a one-word play call where we think we're simplifying things and making it easy, but we're requiring a ton of memorization on the players. And so you have to be a player that, that has really a really good memory or really focuses and studies. And so now we're saying, hey, we're going to go fast. And really all we're doing is making it easier on the coordinator. I, hey, I can think about a play and just signal one word and I can get it. I can signal it real fast and I can think of it real fast. But now I'm not really considering the process uh, that a player goes through to identify what they need to do. You're really giving them some kind of cue, all right? Some kind of cue that says you need to do this. And so if we make the cue just, just one word that applies to everybody, that really doesn't help them see the big picture. And now the West Coast version, where you're basically telling everybody what to do, I think that's getting a little closer. But then that requires, in terms of the old West Coast communication at least, that requires a quarterback basically some kind of relaying of that between a coach and a quarterback and the players, which can, again, be hard to decipher. So then you got a lot of information coming all at once, and that becomes a little bit of an issue. All right, so, so that's where kind of this communication system comes in that 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 we just kind of lucked into in terms of understanding it a little bit. Uh, started this about seven, eight years ago. Uh, it's what's become kind of one of our big focus, focuses at Ruski is, is our play calling system here. Um, but ultimately what we, we did is we stopped making kids memorize things. Um, it's not like memorization is completely out, but we stopped them making them memorize big pictures entirely um they still learn big picture that's one of the arguments some coaches come up with they still learn big picture for us but it's not memorizing it we 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 try our best to give them better cues to each individual player so that they um can get the bigger picture and they can go execute more things um that we can do more uh with our players um now instead of this bottleneck of memorization we're trying to make our ultimate bottleneck, the ultimate limiter to what we can do, our players' physical abilities, and the time we're willing to invest. Now, we could invest a lot more time, but it could back, that kind of comes back down to your philosophy on life and coaching is, what about your, your wife? What about your kids? What about your players' families that they could be with in the afternoons? So you got to decide. You know, you understand evaluation is so important. You evaluate your players. You understand what they can do. And then... You have to decide how much time am I going to invest in this? How much time am I going to take from my players and their families and then my family? Um, but then you got to communicate all this. So how do you communicate um, what you're trying to do? All right. So um, if if we can limit the memorization in any kind of way, that's what we're looking for. So that's kind of, again, that's another principle that's constantly on my mind and trying to put this all together. And so what we went to, we're trying to think of cues to help trigger what players needed to know. And this kind of stumbled upon it when we started doing uh, Tony Franklin stuff again, 
2014 is kind of when we started that. We did that for a couple years, and they had the the wrist coach system in there, and that was kind of when this all started to click. That like, hey, we don't have, we can tell each player what to do, but there were some things in there that I didn't completely love, and we needed to to work on that. So we evolved that over the last, like I said, about eight years in trying to be trying to create our best version of this. So now what we do is we give cues now we can give a verbal cue uh where we're speaking or a quarterback is speaking or a linebacker is speaking or a safety whoever's whoever whatever side of the ball uh we can give signals to individual players we can give text where they read to individual players and now the big thing that you know all the coaches that that in ruski that are using at love is we can give images to players so we can literally just give them the playbook in a risk coach you don't have to use a risk coach all right, we put this on. Um, uh, we've 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 done this where we put this system to the on the coach, and the coach just signals in the play. But the image, and you can use like a um, kind of like a a different version for each player. Like if they learn in a different way, if if one likes visual signals, if one likes to read, if one likes to look at pictures, you can do that. And one of the biggest issues with the, with the uh, the the uh, risk coach system that a lot of people didn't like with the text is like you might not see the big picture. And that's where the images come in. So you can give the little details with signals or text, and then people can see the big image. Not everybody either. You can just let the quarterback see the big image if you want to, for example. So, you know, that's that's kind of where um, where this system came in. All right, so that we can remove the mental or the memorization limit that some players have. So basically what we say now, and in this you really kind of kind of pause and think about this statement right here to understand like how how big it really is is we basically say hey you go here do this like that's the simplest way to think about our system hey you go here do this All right and so we basically give them three pieces of information every play we have you know we don't have formation names personnel names anymore play names really it all comes down to basically saying you know individual cues that say hey go line up here do this and and then we execute it. And then those images kind of give them the big picture so they see what everybody else is doing. So anyways, a little unique. Um, but so that was the tool that helped us to create more. It allowed us to do more things. Um, now, it still came back down to how much time we had to practice, right? You can't remove that. So that came back down to understanding um, practices, how to structure practice. So, so then once I understood I had this tool, that allowed me to do a lot more in the game than what most coaches are doing because our communication, I thought, was a, a little bit better way of doing it. Because I had this tool, I now had to go down these other paths in studying other areas of the game. So if time is a limiter, I had to make sure we were efficient with our time, that we had to practice properly. So I started studying as much as I could on, on how to develop skills because really it works on both areas. You have the physical limitation and the time limitation. And the better your practices are, the better you can more efficiently develop skills and mesh these all together, the more you can do. So you had to study these things. So started studying again. Um, how could we, because we now had a system that we could communicate anything. We could have our players line up anywhere and do anything if they could execute it, right? So we needed to, again, I needed to learn more and more and more so that I could make use of this new tool, this new system, this play calling system. So then the next problem that came in, I knew how to practice, or, or at least I felt I was better at understanding how to practice. I was better at understanding how to communicate this stuff now. But now it came down to the ideas because 
honestly, like so many coaches are cooks, and you've probably heard me talk about this if you've listened to it. There's cooks, and then there's chefs. Cooks copy what chefs create. And so if all you are as a cook, you're not going to come up with anything new because you're just now. So you could take this and just run a bunch of stuff from other people. That is still one thing. You could just copy a lot more stuff, right? But that's not the path that I wanted. For whatever reason, I wanted to become a chef. Um, I do like to cook in life. So maybe that's a, 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 a motivator behind this. But I wanted, I knew that I needed to study the principles of the game. I needed to, I needed to know what made up the individual plays. Um, so that's, I spent hundreds of hours trying to understand first principle thinking, uh, Farnham street was a big influence on me and trying to understand, um, the first principles of things. So I went down that path and then, and I'm still going down the path of pulling out first principles from the game of football so that I can build whatever I wanted to mental models was a big thing within that and understanding that and trying to build my models in the game of football. And then I had to study the creative process. So I literally spent time hours reading and studying creativity and uh, uh the create the the design thinking process so i needed to put all this together so that we can create better systems on designing things so i need to know the fundamentals and then i need to know how to mesh it all together john boys john boyd kind of talks about that in the in the thought of you have analysis where you bring everything you pull everything apart and then synthesis to kind of put it all back together and so that's that's honestly what we're talking about. He, he likens that to like building a snowmobile. You have all these parts, and then you're going to create something new out of these parts from other things. And that's kind of what we're trying to do. Um, so I knew that um, I needed to know all these things to use, again, the best uh, to make use of this new system, uh, this play calling system that opened up the door for us to be able to do so many things. Um, and so I needed a way to take our players' raw talents and to create the best plays that we could from them versus just copying what everybody else did and trying to fit our players into other people's schemes and and that's kind of where ruski's going right now uh we want to help people understand these principles as we pull them out like i'm not there right this is a journey that i'm in right now trying to figure out these things and we're trying to to help others that kind of want to see the game in this way uh, and then we want to create more resources and tools to help speed this process up uh, the, anybody that, that wants to basically approach the game in this kind of way, like I understand that not everybody wants to do it like this. Um, so, so at UVA last year, um, one of the things that I realized is that, you know, again, I've studied this, the game, I guess in a lot of different ways, but I didn't need to watch that much film. Like I had film from people who shared their systems and like some clinics and then, you know, online started, but, but I didn't get a lot of game film, a lot of all 22 film. And at UVA, I realized you know, college coaches spend most of their time watching film. So I think I had a unique perspective in the way I was like raised in football and the way I went on my journey. But I, I needed to now, I felt, to, to watch the game a little bit more deeply. And But I didn't have the access to the film. Then you get to college and you have all this film and basically you just spend time watching other people's film, your film. And so you're constantly looking at the details, pulling out principles, um, if you look at the game that way. But I knew once I returned to high school, I'm a head coach in high school again now, um, but I knew once I returned, I had to have a way to do that. So created our own huddle account for Ruski. I uh, tried to get as much film as I could into that so that I could have a way to study the game and so that our community could have a way to study the game together. And so because I just learned how valuable studying the game in that way and that most high school guys don't have that opportunity. And studying film was a way to pull out principles and collect ideas to create things. I'm not, 
you know, yes, there's a, there's a degree absolutely of like look, finding ideas that other people are, are, are using, but I'm not so much just concerned with um, copying plays. It's more understanding the principles and getting ideas and, and mixing them with the things that I've learned. And then obviously mixing them with the talent that we have. Um, and so uh, I th- even more important than all that uh, with this, that what we're trying to create for coaches um, and myself selfishly is this community of coaches who are on this journey right now that aren't really satisfied with just being a cook and copying others. They want to become a chef, um, a coordinator that is coordinating from their, their heart, their soul. I mean, that's kind of part of it that, that they're trying to use their intuition to build the best schemes for their people um, that is specific to their people. Um, and I know all coaches don't want to go this path. Like it's probably not as it's probably a little harder. It takes more time or to, to, to really look at the game from first principles and build from it versus just going and copying what somebody else does. But again, it's not for everybody. Everybody's not going to choose this path, but for those that do, um, we wanted to create a place where they could come and share ideas. And that's where our private community has come in. And that's why we created and made it private so that coaches could feel more secure and they wouldn't be so, you know, they could share ideas uh, more freely with coaches that are similar to them without being judged because no doubt because of social pressure, you put something on Twitter, you go to a coaching clinic and then you get judged because people are closed-minded. That's a fact. Most people are closed-minded in the world, not just football coaches, just everybody. They, they, they're not open to new things. So, this community is more open to people that want to challenge, um, you know, just dogma and what everybody else does and wants to go at it in a creative, creative way. Um, but anyways, I, I really think that this dilemma between execution and anticipation sums up kind of the strategic side of football. Um, and yes, if you're not motivated, none of this matters as a coach or a player, right? So you got to get that right, right? But then if you're not making the best decisions as a coach, if you're wasting your players time by making them do silly schemes or things that everybody else is doing, um, you know, are you wasting their time? I didn't want to waste my time in life. I hate wasting it. You know, I I don't want to waste my players time. So that's what motivated me to, I guess, approach the game in this way. Um, And then even more so, it, it really came down to I wanted to to make sure that I was using this game in the best way possible to help our players ultimately for a bigger purpose in life. And for me, what my beliefs are, which everybody's got to decide what their beliefs are, and that's kind of what provides your motivation in life. Um, that to me is is using the game of football for myself, for our players, for other people, to help them reach their potential for the calling that God has on their life. That's what motivates me. That's what gets me to want to be creative and find the best way to help our people uh, on this journey. So coaches, you know, it, I would love it if you joined us. I would, especially if you're of this mindset, you know, it takes an open mind to go down this path. You got to be a little creative, a little outside the box. That's what I get labeled all the time. But um, we now have hundreds of coaches that have decided to join Ruski over the last year. Um, If you're interested, we have a new site now. Uh, Everything's at Ruski.com. So go there, more details, more videos. Um, Join if you want to join. Appreciate your time.